Can you hear me? Yes. Check, check. I actually didn't check this till I was in front of you, so you're my guinea pigs. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? That did not make me believe you at all, and the typical thing to do is go, well, I ask you again, how's everybody doing this morning? But I won't do it. That was your one chance. So, all right. I like this section. So, anyways, did everybody have a good Christmas? Yes. Okay, good. Is everybody ready for 2018? Yeah. Yes, me too. I'm very excited for it. Um, if you were a visitor last week and you're here again this week, we're so happy to have you here. I am actually thrilled to be speaking with you today. Um, As you can see, I am going to be talking about monuments. I am not actually meaning monuments like at a uh, Washington, D.C. monument. I'm not meaning monuments that you would find in a football stadium. I'm talking about monuments that we set and we build to remember things that God has done for us in our life and then remember promises and covenants we've made with him. Okay, so I believe these monuments are very, very important. You find throughout Scripture that when God delivers people or he gives them a victory or people make a promise with him, they constantly build things to remind them. So if they ever pass through that area, that land again, they would see it and they'd remember stories from their ancestors or even them and it would remind them and it would strengthen their heart and encourage their soul. I believe that that's very important today. And so I have a couple questions for you this morning. The first one, and we'll have it come up here on the screen, is what has God done for you in your lifetime that you have now forgotten? What has God done for you in your life that you've forgotten? And the second one, you can see it there. It says, what is a promise you've made to the Lord that you have broken? Okay, what is a promise that you've made to God that you've broken? You've probably noticed in your chairs we put a little index card and also a pen. Um, That's not for you to doodle in case I start getting boring. That is actually for you to answer those two questions. And you don't have to do it right now. No one's going to look at these. You're not going to turn these in. I actually want you to fold them up. I want you to keep it in your wallet, in your purse, in your nightstand, whatever is more comfortable with you. I just want you out throughout this rest of the service to really ask God two things right there. God, what have, what have you done for me that maybe I've forgotten? What's something you've delivered me from that I was so grateful for? And now time and busyness of life has kind of made it a little foggy in my memory. And the second one, God, what is something that I promised you I absolutely would never do again? And now I've done it. So we're going to talk about that some more this morning. Um, And as we continue, before we continue, I'm just going to say a prayer. So would you bow your heads with me? God, we just come to you this morning and we thank you that you're already here in this place. We thank you for all the victories you've given us in our life. We thank you for all the times you've pulled us out of a trial. We thank you for all the times you've shown us mercy and grace. Father, if it weren't for you, we wouldn't make it. We cannot make it without you. You're our anchor and you're our rock. And so I pray that you would just speak to us this morning as we head into the new year. In your son's name we pray, amen. So when we forget victories that God has done in our life and forget the promises we've made with him, we can forget the greatness and grace of God that has been given. Let me read that to you again. This meant a lot to my heart when I let it sink in. When we forget the victories God has done in our lives and we forget the promises we've made with him, we can forget the greatness and the grace that's been given to us. I find that to be very true in my life. Um, And as I was reading through the scripture, I found many passages where they build monuments to remember. One of my favorite ones was in Joshua. um, And it's in chapter 24. Um... Joshua is speaking to the children of Israel. They've wandered and wandered for years and years and years, and they're about to enter the promised land. 
And Joshua speaks to everyone, and he's just reminding them of everything God's done for them. I mean, he's delivered them from slavery um, hundreds of years. He's fed them when they had nothing. Um, He's kept them safe. He's won so many battles for them when they should have been defeated. And time and time again, we don't have time to go into the story, but you'll know that in the story, there are many times that they turn their backs on God, even after he had done all that stuff for them. And so they're about to go into the promised land. They're about to stop wandering in the desert. And Joshua says, hey, 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 I just want to gather you all together. And I want to remind you of what we've been through. Before you step foot into your promised land, let's remind ourselves of what God's done. And the second thing is he wants them to all make a covenant with them that they'll leave uh, false idols behind and that they will serve the Lord. And so I'm going to read. I'll pick up in verse 16. It says, the people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord for he alone is our God. And then I'm going to pick up in verse 22. After Joshua hears him say this, he says, You are witnesses to your own decision, Joshua said. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied. We are witnesses to what we have said. All right then, Joshua said, destroy the idols among you. Turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions and as a reminder of their agreement. And this is the part I love. He took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. And I just have this image that's great with this stone here, just getting a bunch of men and they're just rolling this giant stone up to remember everything that God had done for them. And this is an encouraging message. I'm sorry that coming off of Christmas, it feels heavy. <laughs> You're like, man, this is uh, New Year's Eve. We're just trying to come in and have a nice little hot chocolate. And I, I promise this is, this is uplifting. And it's going to bring you great joy in your life as you go into 2018. But I just love the imagery of him setting up that stone and him saying, this right here is what we're going to remember of what God has done for us and also the covenant we're making today with him. Now, they traveled a lot in those days, so if they were to ever travel past that, like I mentioned earlier, they'd come by this, and they could recall that moment, and it would bring back immediately um, the intensity and the commitment that was made there. Have you ever had a memory where you, uh, you're growing up, and maybe grandma's house smells a certain way because she bakes something all the time, and then maybe one day when you're an adult, you're in a store, and you smell that same smell, and immediately your memory's taken back to grandma's house when you were a kid? I'm not alone, right? Okay. So smells do that, right? We can have a smell, and we're like, man, that just brought back a memory that I never thought I I didn't even remember that at all. And it can comfort you. There's like a weird thing in that too. You know how it can actually make you go, ah, I feel like just uh, I'm having a good day just because of something you smelled. Well, I believe that that's what these monuments can do for us. When we, we set them aside, we can come by them in life because life is a season, right? We're going into the new year. We're going to have ups and downs this year. You're going to have joyful moments. You're going to have trials, But I think that it's great that as we're going through those, we can turn back and look to these monuments of things that God has done and things we promised. And it's like that smell. It just brings back the freshness of it. Okay? It brings it right to the forefront. Um, I've got a story for you of a monument in my life that I think has been the biggest one and probably, not probably, it is the one that's helped me the most. Um, 
my dad was a pastor of a church in San Antonio called River City Fellowship. <clears throat> and uh, we had a guy come in named JC. And he, he would come in and he would speak to everyone. I think we didn't do it on a Sunday. It was like a Sunday night thing. A bunch of people came. And uh, he just kind of listens for the Lord and can give words to people, encourage people. We had a really nice worship set. Um, and I'm there. I'm young. I'm probably, I might have been 11 or 12. And I remember sitting there and he's, he would call people and have them stand. And he could, I mean, this sounds crazy, but he would just pour into your life and give you encouragement. And he asked me to stand. And I'm like, come on, dude, the pastor's son, that's a cheap way out. You know, like, <laughs> and um, I'm like, I don't want to stand. So I stand. And I'm like, here we go. This is not going to be good. And uh, he gives me this word about my life and what God's got for me in my destiny and plans for me. And he talks about how I'm like a bow and arrow that will be pulled back and then shot towards the direction. But he, uh, and I'm abbreviating this, he encourages that I don't get discouraged when I feel I take some steps backwards because it's God repositioning and aiming me for the target. Well, when I heard that at that age, I said, okay, I've, I'm a bow and arrow. Cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, and I didn't know this, but we recorded it. And so my mom, she then transcribed. She, she typed it all out and she had that printed for me. And not long after, she gave it to me as a letter. Well, um, I held on to it. She just told me, she's like, just keep this. You know, we don't know what it'll mean. So I've held on to it. Uh, go through middle school, high school, college, um, get married, become a father, and I have it. I kept it. I kept it in my nightstand. I've moved a lot. I've even lived in England briefly, kind of back and forth, and I, I even brought it with me there on my, in my luggage. I've always just kept it. It's never meant anything necessarily to me, and, but I just kept it as a reminder. Well, just to get into a little bit of my story, um, I actually was uh, the associate worship pastor at a church called Compass, in DFW, um, loved it. I bought my first house. I was out of the apartment life. You know, I felt like I was working my way up, trying to do all the right things. And I went through a really hard time. Um, my, at the time, my wife then, uh, we got divorced. And it was just crazy of what that did to me inside. And I was a new father, and I'm a worship leader, and I'm I'm a believer, and I've got friends and family and all these things, and I'm like, what are people going to do? What are people going to think? And I'm starting to just let the enemy put thoughts in my head of all this worthlessness and failure and, and what in the world, and you've gotten to this point, and now what? Now what? Now what? Has anybody ever had anything happen? Am I alone, or do we all go through things in life where it's like, man, all of that, right? Right? And it can just be, like, be deflating the energy can be sucked out of you. Um, there was so much sorrow. Um, I loved the church at the time. I just, after going through that, I couldn't lead worship. Um, I didn't have anything in me to pour out. I was sad. I was frustrated. Um, but I will tell you that there was a night, a few months into this process, and I was by myself in my bedroom, and uh, I was packing some stuff up, and I found the letter in my nightstand. And I actually hadn't seen the letter in a long time, so I didn't remember exactly what that was. I'm glad I didn't throw it away. So I opened it up, and I read it. I read it from beginning to end, and I can't explain to you what that did for me, but that was a monument in my life that took me back to when I was 11 or 12, where someone said to me, God has a calling on your life, Josh. You have a purpose in your life. You've got a destiny. 
And when you go through something in life that's going to feel like you've had steps backwards, that's God repositioning you and aligning you for the target. And so when I read that, for the first time in my life, it made sense. And with all the thoughts you can imagine that were flooding my mind of lies of the enemy, all of a sudden that became like a rock, like you would see there. It became a foundation. Um, It gave me hope. It snuffed out any lie of the enemy that I was a failure and that I was worthless. And in my bedroom, I began to weep, and it was not tears of sorrow. It was like encouragement. You know what I'm talking about? It was like I needed that in that moment, and I read it. I cannot tell you how many times. That piece of paper, which I still have, going through that process, I read it, and I read it, and I trusted in God. I had days where I was down. I had days that were hard, but it was something to give me hope. It was something to bring me joy. And as I trusted the Lord and I held on to him, he brought me through a process, through a fire, and on, out on the other side um, to a deeper place with him than I'd ever been. Um, he's taught me so many things that I might have been stubborn-headed to learn earlier. I can see how he was able to mold and shape me in some areas going through the trial. And then coming out on the other side, now I'm incredibly blessed. I've got the most, well, I'm biased, but the most beautiful woman in the world as my wife now sitting there. She's an amazing stepmom to my kids. I have found a church home at Rock Hills Church. Absolutely love you guys. And so now I'm just like, man, this is amazing. God, look what you've done. I could have never imagined that you would have taken something so broken and so, you know, um, feeling down on themselves and a failure and restored it to life and make me feel like I have a purpose and a destiny. And so it just brought the importance to monuments in my life. That monument was crucial for me. So I have a couple things this morning that I believe when we do not have monuments in our life um, to remember what God has done and to remember promises that we made with him, I believe four things can happen if we don't do this, okay? So there's four things when we forget what God has done. I believe it opens the door for the devil to have a foothold in your life. The first one, and we should have these, is doubt. When you don't build a monument to remember what God has done or remember the promises you've made, you let doubt creep in. And what I mean is doubt starts to come in and we worry that God can't help us out of a situation. Um, We doubt that he's hearing our prayers. Has anyone ever done that, man? Am Am I just spinning my wheels praying this prayer? We doubt that he cares for us, um, and then we uh, begin to try to fix it ourselves. You know what? I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to pull myself out. And when we do that, we turn our attention away from him. And we don't have a monument to remember the victories he's brought us out of, and we've forgotten what he's done for us. It can cause resentment because we start to become angry with God. We start to wonder why he would let something like this happen instead of looking at him as our lifeline in the situation. Has anyone ever done that? I've done that. I've done that more times than I can count. And that grows to anger, and that, again, can make you lose sight of the Lord, and so it does the same thing doubt does. It turns your attention off of him, okay? The third one is fear. So I believe that if we do not remember what God has done, when we are in a trial, when we are in a hard situation, we can easily become fearful. Fear is something I think that is rampant in society where it can cause so many things in our life because we let fear in. As, as a dad of two little kids, I try so hard to monitor what my kids watch. Um, 
Because, you know, the Bible says the eyes are the windows to the soul. And I, I know I can't filter everything. I, I can't protect them from everything. And now my daughter's in public school, and she comes home and asks me things. And I'm like, where did you hear that? <laughs> and, um, but I try so hard to um, keep the innocence that they have and not let fear come in. You could ask him, my children, and this might not last, but currently they don't have a fear of, of the night, of dark. They don't, we don't need a nightlight or anything. It's like, hey, good night. I say a prayer for them. We shut the door. It's pitch black. And they're like, see ya. I mean, it's awesome. I was scared of the dark as a kid, you know? So I don't know where that comes into play where all of a sudden fear creeps in at a young age and now they're afraid of the dark. So it's just something I believe fear is, it tries to come in at an early age and then it just grows and it just stays in our life as we get older and we get bigger fears, am I right? Just things that are more scary and more intense every year, every year. So fear is a big one. We become fearful and uh, we start to listen to all the lies of the enemy. So he starts to whisper all these things. Hey, you're a failure. Hey, you did. And we, we're not remembering what God's done. We're not remembering promises we made with him. And so we start listening to him. And when we start listening to those lies, I believe you can have anxiety. I believe you can have depression. I believe you can have a loss of self-worth. I believe that uh, you might become dependent, over-dependent on a loved one to fill a need in your life because you're not turning to the Lord. All because of fear. And again, that takes your attention off the Lord. The fourth thing that I believe that can happen when we don't have monuments is false idols. And what I mean by that is we start to worship other things instead of our Father. We can develop bad habits. We can start to seek satisfaction from things that don't last and will in the end lead to destruction. Um, And the common thread with all four of these things is that it turns your attention off the Lord. So when you have doubt, resentment, fear or start to worship other things in him, our attention is now on something else. And so our head needs to stay on him. When we have a monument, as we go through seasons in life, that monument keeps our head up. It keeps you looking at him, okay? You staying with me so far? Am I confusing anyone? No? We only have 87 more points. We're at four, all right? Hang in there. So these are some of the things that I believe are incredibly important And when I come to church, sometimes I really want to hear tangible things I can do in my walk. Have you ever gone to church or you've gone to uh, an encouraging uh, guy who's like a a public speaker and wants to encourage you? And and everything that they give you as tools is kind of vague. It's like, you know, give it all you got. And you're like, okay, I I don't know what to do with give it all I got, you know. Like uh, I'm in sales and at our office we have all these cliche posters on the wall. You know, no, uh, only positivity, no negativity zone, soar like an eagle. I'm like, does that mean any? Is that really going to make you have a better sales week if you see an eagle and say, I'm going to soar like one of those eagles? I, I go to church and I'm like, what is something tangible that I'm going to get that I can take home today that is a powerful tool as a believer that I can use in my walk? Okay, so this might sound silly, but I've got a couple things. The first one is you can journal. Um, I believe that uh, if that's something you enjoy doing, even if it's something you don't love, to journal, maybe not every day, but to write down important things that God does for you, because we can forget. We just get busy, right? So in 2017, we can't possibly remember everything that God has done for our life that has been a positive and, and everything that we've promised him. And if we don't write those down or have something to remind us, um, it's so easy to forget. The second one, you see him up there, I said, you can save an item. Um, you could save this piece of paper this morning. We're going to take communion together later. You could save the cup. I know these sound silly, but you might put that cup in your nightstand, and maybe in a year from now, you know, you're moving or you're messing with some stuff, and you see that cup, and it takes your heart back to a moment that you had with the Lord, just like that. And it gives you hope, and it gives you joy, and it makes you feel encouraged, okay? 
Um, you see them up there, letters. That's a great way, pictures. I put up there a small stone. I'm kind of silly. I, I actually think that's kind of cool. If God were to do something, you know, maybe you get a stone and you remember what that represents and you keep it in your nightstand. Um, whatever we can do to remember what God has done in our life, all the victories he's given for us, and not forget, and also all the covenants we've made with him. It is so important. It's so important. If you're here today, and maybe you're saying, Josh, I don't have, I don't have any monuments. I don't have any major victories at all. I would say that you're wrong. I would say that God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and to forgive all of our sins. So we all start at the same monument. (laughs) We all start at the same place of, uh, we have the greatest gift ever. And I know we talk about it a lot, so it it can become a little bit uh, untangible. But it is a real thing. So you have a monument there. Um, If you say this morning, Josh, I don't don't know the Lord um, like that, um, I've never asked him to be my personal Lord and Savior. Well, this morning, we are going to have, like I said, a time of communion where we'll have prayer partners down here, and you absolutely can come to the front. They would love to hear your story and pray with you and lead you to know Christ. And today could be a day that you mark down. It's one of the most important days of your life, and you have a monument, and you could hold on to that paper, like I said, or the cup. I believe that as we go into 2018... It's going to be vital because we're going to go through seasons. Um, We're in a season right now. It's cold outside. It's going to change in a few months, right? We're going to go through things again. And as we do, it's so important to remember what God has done for us. Um, I believe in my life sometimes I have things happen like almost in a circle. You know, oh, I've been through this before, right? When I go through something like that, it's very, very easy for me to look back at what God has brought me out of and go, hey, he can do it again. He did it before, he can do it again. You can have victory in 2018, absolute victory. I believe that this gives us tangible things to take home with us today, not a vague, encouraging sentence. It it gives us tangible things absolutely to go home with and say, you know what, I'm going to remember what God did and blank and write it down, okay? No one else has to see that but you. Remember whatever you wrote on the card that's your promise to the Lord, that you say, I, I'm, I promised to God this, I made a covenant with him. Well, then remember, keep that. Write it down, fold it up, hold on to it. So when the enemy comes in 2018 and he tempts us with something and we want to falter, we can go look at that card and say, no, I made a covenant. I'm not going to do that. Not today, okay? We're going to continue um, this morning. Um, and as I start to close, I just, I'll have the band come out and just play behind me as a musician. I, I love that anyway. I just want a better music all the time. <laughs> but if you don't know the Lord, this morning can be the best day of your life going into the new year. You can come down front this morning and you can ask someone for prayer. And we would absolutely be more than thrilled to lead you to know the God that can absolutely change your life. I heard this not too long ago, and I thought it was really great. Um, Someone said that God is not the light at the end of the tunnel. He's the light in the tunnel. Isn't that cool? And so we're going to go through hard times, right? We're going to go through another year. We're going to have seasons. We're going to have tough patches. We're going to have great times as well. 
But as we go forward, forward, let's not let it stop our journey. As we go through a trial, as we go through something the enemy's gonna do, the worst thing we could do as believers is to stop moving forward. And when we, have, uh, when we forget what God's done, those four things, we have doubt, we have resentment, we have fear, we can start to worship other things with false idols. Let's not let those things hinder us this year. Let's keep moving forward on our journey, always having progress, okay? Um, if you are here this morning and you already know the Lord, but you say, you know what, I actually... I think I've forgotten some important things. Well, then you can come down for prayer too or you can stay in your seat where you're at and you can just ask God to forgive you and say, you know, I've made a covenant with you. I promised you I wouldn't do this and I've, I've kind of realized I've, I've, I've been messing up. Or you could say, God, I'm so sorry that I, I forgot some of the things that you've brought me out of. I mean, I was in a real pit and you pulled me out of that and now I'm in another pit and I'm scared, and I shouldn't be, because I know you're going to do it again. I have faith in you. I have faith in you. Let us never take our eyes off God. Let us never forget what he's done for us, and let us remember the promises we've made with him. Let us pray. God, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you that you are our rock. I thank you that you pull us out of situations that we thought we never, ever would recover from. God, I thank you that we can trust in you always. God, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. And when we've broken promises with you, all you want is to turn, have us turn our head, look at you, and you're right there with open arms saying, I forgive you, my child. Let's keep going forward. And God, we thank you so much for that. I thank you that you're here in this place this morning. I pray that you'd move on everyone's heart this morning as we continue to worship you, that you'd speak to us and remind us of things that you've done. And as we go into 2018, God, I pray that we would not take our eyes off of you. We wouldn't let anything hinder our eyes from staying on you. Amen.